Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics, right here on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Ujvala Radio, a show dedicated to love and passion, and the power they have to transform our lives. Now, find a comfortable place to sit, relax, and enjoy the show. And now, here's Terry and Robin. everybody good afternoon good morning good wherever in the world you are this is reverend terry power and you are listening to ujvala radio on the spiritual unity radio network and i am joined tonight as all nights well most nights uh but uh all the good (laughs) ones anyway uh i am joined by my lovely talented amazing and beautiful wife robin how you doing over there I am doing well, sweetheart. All right. That's good. That's good. Uh, You know, we're at the end of a session with uh, Yoga Veda Institute, and Mm -hmm. uh, we're uh, in our, uh, you know, final, uh, you know, finals last week, and then a couple of papers that we're writing right now uh, that are due by the end of the week. And then we'll get three Mm -hmm. weeks of uh, complete veg time, and... So I'm kind of looking forward to it. Uh, and, of course, I will, uh, you know, admit that I'm, I'm cheating a little bit and using some of the research for my paper for the show tonight and for a series of shows. <laughs> uh, hey, might as well double dip, right? Um, mm-hmm, so absolutely. Over the next uh, several weeks, uh, we are going to be talking about Ashtanga uh, Yoga, the eight-limbed path, uh, the eight limbs of uh, yoga as described by Sage Pantanjali in the uh, Yoga Sutra. And uh, we're going to be talking about the the eight limbs. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the first two because they really set the stage for the rest. And uh, so tonight, we're going to be talking about the yamas, which is the don't do's and the mm-hmm. uh, niyamas, which is the do's, the things that we need to do. Uh, but before we get started, I do want to let everybody know that this is a call-in show and we do have a chat room. So if you go to www.blogtalkradio.com and get your free account, uh, you just create an account. It's simple. They don't bombard you with emails. In fact, I don't think I've ever gotten an email from them. Uh, And you can join us in the chat room, which is attached to and associated with every show. Questions in there, you can uh, engage with the hosts. The other thing that you can do is call in and you can call in and listen, or you can call in and hit the one button and raise your hand, and that will allow you to, well, it flags the switchboard so we know to bring you live and you can talk and ask your questions and join in the conversation. Almost every show we have is a call-in show. Tonight is no exception. Uh, In fact, this conversation, this topic begs conversation. Uh, We are are learning and we are by no means the um, 
uh, the be-all and end-all of these topics. Uh, I think that all of these topics, the, the whole eight uh, that we're going to discuss over the next few weeks, uh, deserves conversation. And um, so you can call in at 646-564-9714. Again, that is 646 564 Nine seven one four, and call in again. Hit the one button to throw up a throw up your hand and let us know that you want to talk on the air. Uh, Robin, were you going to say something? No. Okay. Sorry, it sounded like you were uh, trying to say something, nope. and I kept barreling along. So, um, also remind everybody about the uh, Facebook page, Ujvala. Ayurveda and Yoga Center That's Facebook And then the uh, The website Is UjvalaAYC.com And that is U-J-J-V-A-L-A A-Y-C.com And you can also Follow us on Twitter At Ujvala C Just the letter C Um, I don't know what happened to all the rest of it But when uh, Twitter gave us our account name, that's what they had, at Ujvala C. So uh, with all of that said, uh, Robin, did you have anything you wanted to add before we get into – oh, you're, well, you want to talk about Inspire real quick if you got a chance or if you want to real quick. Uh, sure. I just want to remind everybody, um, last week's show, I did a, uh, we talked an awful lot about uh, the new Inspire program that I'm creating it is going to be free. It's going to be done on Zoom. Uh, it will be beginning on Wednesday, September 9th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, it will be for people who have wellness goals, weight loss goals, uh, goals uh, for to reduce their anxiety and improve their mental health as well and how they feel on a day-to-day basis. Um, and it's going to focus on Ayurveda um, there will be so many things that you will learn um, and the things that you will uh, want to learn more about on your own. Um, and this is just sort of a thing we'll, we'll get together once a week. Um, and there will also be, uh, once you sign up for the, uh, for the, for the Inspire, well, Inspire Wellness Group, there will also be a link provided to you to go to the website, our Ujvala AYC website every day, and listen to um, a short meditation in the morning to help you set your intention for the day and remind you what your goals are. Um, so that's going to be um, all coming up September 9th, and I look forward to uh, to uh, helping the people out there who, who sign up. In order to sign up uh, to be a part of it, all you have to do is write to in what was the what was the email that we yep. that we chose for that. Inspire, I-N-S-P-I-R-E, at UjvalaAYC.com. Yeah, thank you. I, we have so many different emails going on. I just, I wasn't sure which one we had, dis- one yeah, we had getting, decided getting about. Ourselves, yep, getting ourselves organized, and we went ahead and created an Inspire email address uh, just to keep all of that aside. And uh, separate, we're also going to be creating an Inspire Facebook group, which will be a closed group only mm-hmm. for the members of the Inspire group. Yes. And uh, and along with the uh, daily meditation, there might be a weekly meditation done live some of the uh, uh, some of the weeks uh, during the mm-hmm. actual meeting. So uh, there's already yep. been some response. So. Uh, it's going to be cut mm-hmm. off at I think 25. Is that what you said? Yeah, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, it's space will be limited because I want to keep it to a, a manageable group, uh, a group of people who can actually talk and share and not have it be ridiculously huge and somewhat intimidating. Um, so it might even be smaller. Uh, I haven't okay. I haven't really made up my mind. Uh, actually, in my mind originally, I thought maybe about a dozen people, but. Um, we could probably stretch to 25 maximum. Depends on response, and it depends on uh, everybody else. So, okay, so the get sooner the better. In sign up early. <laughs> get in and yeah. sign up. 
Don't wait too mm-hmm. long. And go to the website and uh, sign up for uh, to be a friend of Ujvala. There will be some uh, members-only content that will only mm-hmm. be available to the friends of Ujvala. And uh, we'll be sending out a you know probably every two weeks a quick newsletter. We're not going to blast your you know your email with something every day. Uh, just some uh, you know newsletter reminders of things that are going on and you know events. Uh, we're already talking to some people uh, uh, over in uh, New Jersey about participating with a couple of uh, uh, wellness uh, campaigns over there. Uh, with some of the governments. So uh, there's a lot going on. You want to stay up to date on everything that's happening. So uh, with all of that said, I think it's time to uh, get into the yamas and niyamas. And okay. the, the, the interesting thing I found in our uh, philosophy class and in all of the reading and study that I have done is that the, the, the yamas or the don'ts, it's not like a, um, you know, a Ten Commandments kind of list. It's not like, you know, if you don't do this, you're going to hell or something. It's a, it, it's guidelines for living a healthy and happy life. But remember that all eight of these, and maybe I'll mention the eight limbs uh, just in the beginning so you see where this all is going. The idea here is to reach a state of consciousness where you become one with the object of your in meditation. And generally the idea is that the observer becomes the observed and there is no boundary between the person in the state of meditation and the object that they are looking at and ultimately oneness with the universe. So that is the eighth limb and we will talk about that in just a minute. All of this builds toward that. So understand that the yamas, the don'ts, are not restrictions on your life. They're ways to live a better life geared toward um, that self-realization. The do's, the niyamas, are uh, things that we will talk about tonight like cleanliness, contentment. All of that is, again, gearing you toward the ultimate goal of samadhi or self-realization. Then the the third limb that we will talk about in a couple of weeks is asana. And asana is actually what most people think of when they think of yoga. It is the postures. It is the positions. It is the stretches. All of that, again, gear you toward calming the mind and body. Then The next one is pranayama, which is breath work. Again, focusing on the breath, and we start to begin the process of focus. And then after that is pratyahara, which is the withdrawal of the um, energy that we give to the senses, where we start pulling within. Then uh, dharana is concentration. Then dhyana is meditation. And again, we'll be talking about these in later weeks. Uh, Meditation is not something we do. It's not like we sleep. We go sleep. We, 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 We achieve a state of sleep. Meditation's the same way. We achieve a state of meditation. We don't consciously, actively meditate. We concentrate and enter a state of meditation. And when everything else is, is done to prepare for it, the eighth limb is samadhi, or that self-realization that we talked about at the beginning. So again, remember these don'ts and these do's are geared toward that ultimate goal. These are the first steps. Now, the, the, the yamas are five things that we are supposed to not do. And we'll talk about each of these in turn. Uh, The first one is ahimsa, and that is nonviolence. And that's probably the most familiar that everyone is with these concepts. Nonviolence, 
non-harming. Um, the Hindus take that to a point of uh, vegetarianism. Uh, some sects of Buddhism uh, actually take it to a point of not eating anything that hasn't fallen off the tree. And real extremes of that uh, Jain tradition will sweep the floor in front of them to make sure they don't step on a bug. So they take that non-violence, non-harming to uh, that level. And that's a personal choice. Uh, for our conversation today, I, I'm going to talk about what can we do short of those extremes. Because I know that I still have trouble with anger. I still have trouble with, with separation and competition. And if we can just dial back on the anger, if we can look at how many times we treat the people around us as enemies rather than uh, people that we love, then if we just become conscious of that, that one step alone can take us on that first step toward nonviolence and expressing love into the entire world. Uh, if you just took and say, write down the first five negative thoughts you have every morning and then work on those. I'm not asking everyone to go out and become a vegetarian or to, you know, not dig up root plants and eat potatoes because that, you know, kills the, the, the potato plant. The whole plant. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just saying, look at the negative thoughts that you have and consider those negative thoughts as a form of violence and work on those. Just the first five. And those include, and those include negative thoughts you have about yourself. Yes. This, this also incorporates self-talk. And I think that for the majority of people, we are harder on ourselves. In other words, we are, according to the, uh, Ahimsa, we're, we're actually being violent towards ourselves um, more frequently than we do to other people. And one of the things that one of the um, teachers uh, that said, said to me about this practice you know, if you go into um, a store or you go into a, a restaurant, chances are the person who's helping you in, in the store or in the restaurant fairly well. You'll say please and thank you, and you'll treat them with kindness because they're there to help you, and especially if they're doing a good job. And um, you would never think to go in there and, and, you know, say to them, like, hey, you know, you have a stain on your shirt or, you know, the way you would talk to yourself. So you're treating people who are essentially strangers to you until the moment you go into that store better than the person you've known your whole life, which is yourself. And Absolutely. why do you do that? So, um, and, and that goes also for other people in our lives. Like you were saying, you know, people who you live with or people who you love, you know, you, you treat that stranger in the store better than often we would treat each other in our own homes. Just because, you know, we get short-tempered or, or whatever it is. Um, nobody's perfect. But they strive for this concept of nonviolence and being forgiving and being – I wouldn't say that they, um, you know, let everybody walk all over them because I've had people talk oh. about that. Well, then everybody would just be no, making – No, because if everybody is practicing ahimsa in the world because everybody well, would absolutely. be like, oh, but Right, because self, you know, nonviolence does not include self-defense. It does not include right. protecting your family or protecting mm -hmm. someone from, from someone else doing violence. Right. So, so understand that, that there's, a, there's, there's an area of intent uh, mm -hmm. that's associated with this. And this is, this is not fundamentally different than the, the Wiccan or pagan concept of harm none. You know, do as you will, but harm none. And we talk right. about this, and I've talked about this for, you know, 10 years on the radio. You know, mm -hmm. Harm none does not mean, you know, that you don't hurt somebody's feelings. It, it means that you don't go out of your way to cause harm. 
And if we mm-hmm. can just dial back some of our anger, some of our violent thoughts, some of our uh, you know, frustration and, and separateness, just the concept that we are separate is all part of this you know, violence. And Ahimsa calls us to uh, a form of dynamic peacefulness. And then if we're prepared to meet the needs of, of others and be loving and open, then that state of balance will set the stage for all of the rest of this conversation that we're going to have over the next few weeks. Yeah. So that's what Ahimsa is all about. Now, the second of the yamas is satya, or truthfulness. Now, these first two, actually the first three, will sound like they're pretty universal across every, you know, every religion, every culture, every concept of society. We're going to be taught not to do violence to your neighbors or yourself, uh, to be truthful and not to steal. And that's going to be the first three we'll talk about tonight. Um, Truthfulness. If we can hold truth as the highest ideal, then everything else that we're going to practice becomes easier. Because self-actualization cannot happen if we are in a state of um, denial and illusion. Satya calls us. This is not only... Go ahead. And so this is not only about being truthful with other people, but it's also about being truthful with oneself and recognizing what things you don't, perhaps things you shouldn't do that you kind of look the other way, like your own bad habits and your own things that maybe you, you know, call out of work sick and don't tell the truth. Or, you, or you know, whatever, you, whatever the things are that you, that you know that you should probably change, but you don't want to change because it's hard. You know, it's hard to change. Now, this does not extend to, and this was something that um, Andy had taught in philosophy class, um, is if, you know, your child brings you a a piece of artwork that they made at school, and, you know, you're not supposed to look at it and go, oh, yeah, this is, uh, you know, subpar. This is, I wouldn't hang this up. This is, you know, yeah, three crayon marks on a white piece of paper, you know, no, you're going to tell your kid that it's great and it's wonderful because that's the right it's thing. It's unique, and thank place. you for your efforts. It's beautiful. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. And we're going to put this on the refrigerator, and, you know, that's wonderful that you did that. Thank you so much. You know, I, I love you. And that's okay. I mean, you yeah. may not be thinking well, in your head that this is the most gorgeous piece of artwork you've ever seen, but, you know, you don't want to break your kid's heart either. You need to encourage well, encourage them part of being a parent. Well, exactly. And we also have to look at whether or not we are filtering all of our speaking as simply opinions filtered through our own prejudices. Mm-hmm. Um, we, were, we were counseling a, um, a, a person a few days ago who has this really interesting habit of saying horrible things to someone and then pushing it aside with, oh, I'm just saying. And I've heard that behavior from others in the past. That is exactly a violation of truthfulness because, Mm. you know, and and it's also probably a violation of ahimsa because you're saying mean things. Now, it may be a, quote, truthful thing. It may be factually correct, but, you know, telling, you know, telling your – you know, your your significant other that you know, yeah, those pants like make your you know butt look huge. You probably mm-hmm. want to moderate that somehow. You know, yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 possible to be truthful without being hurtful. And so you see how each one of these builds on the one before it. Um, you know, don't gossip even if that information is true. Because it's still not taking truth to the highest level. Truth is the highest ideal, not a weapon to be bludgeoning someone with. And then, oh, I'm just saying, oh, 
that I cannot tell you how that hurts my teeth. So there we are, um, truth as the highest ideal, not truth as a weapon, and certainly not lying. Um, you know, somebody said the other day, um, uh, we were watching something on TV, and they said that they always try to tell the truth because it's easier to remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, whatever it is that guides you toward being truthful, it is certainly the best way to operate. It goes hand in hand with nonviolence. And remember that everything that we're going to talk about, everything in uh, Ayurveda, everything in yoga, everything in Hinduism and Buddhism, which all come from the same roots, the middle path, all things in moderation. So truth used as a weapon is still a violation of the yamas. So there we are. Uh, That is satya, truthfulness. And, you know, and a lot of that comes back to intent. You know, so you were saying, you know, you're using truth as a bludgeon to hurt somebody. Um, Then, yeah, that's that's not so good. But let's say, or, or you were talking also about gossiping. But let's say you say to your neighbor, hey, you know, Sally across the street, her husband just passed away. Maybe we should go over and, and you know, bring her some, some uh, a lasagna or we should, you know, do something nice for her. Maybe we should cut her lawn for her um, because her husband used to do that. and Now he's not here and the lawn looks like it needs to be cut. So it's one thing to, you know, pass along a truth in that way than it is to say, oh, my gosh, did you hear her husband died? Oh, my God, what is she going to do now? Who's going to cut her lawn? Oh, my gosh. That's different. There's intent yeah, there. Or, or, you know, Jessica up the street, somebody comes to her house every day after her husband leaves for work. Did you know about that? You know, that's mm-hmm. gossip. That's harmful. Again, Right. Meanwhile, Ahimsa, could be a guy painting her bathroom. Who knows? You know. Exactly. could be a contractor. Ahimsa and Satya, and Satya go together, hand in hand. As does Asteya, or not stealing, non-stealing. Now, this one is an interesting one in that it brings up a whole lot of ways that we steal from others without thinking about it. This isn't just about, you know, stealing a car or breaking into someone's house and taking their property or, you know, taking the soaps off of someone's, you know, shelf when you go to their bathroom when you're visiting. This is about everything that you do that takes away from others. I this have could been be in, stealing time. Oh, that's where I was getting ready to go. I have been in oh, classes. Sorry. No, that's that's fine. You're you're right on you're right on the mark. I have been in classes with people that I would say, okay, we're gonna take a fifteen minute break. And then instead of taking a break with the others, someone comes up and starts yakking my ear. And I want to take a break, too. You know, I may need to go to the restroom. I need to make, may need to make a quick phone call between sessions of the class. And this person is now taking my time. Um, you also steal other people's time when you're late. When you are late particularly when you're late consistently or callously with complete disregard for schedules, you are stealing someone's time and you're showing a lack of respect for them and everyone else that violates Asteya. So everything is interconnected. And so we've got to be very conscious of how much energy we're taking from others and not giving back. Now, you were going to say something else, or did I cover what you were about to say? No. Yeah, no, that was it. That was it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the big ones for me is punctuality. And you know, that that's actually one of the conversations I think Robin and I had on that phone call, that, uh, uh, that three-hour phone call we had the first time we were together. So, um, yeah, it's true. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, so that is, uh, let's see, I think we've now covered Ahimsa, 
satya and asteya, uh, nonviolence, uh, truthfulness, and non-stealing. Now, here's one that gets a lot of attention in um, uh, um, in yoga circles because it is so often misunderstood. And this one is called brahmacharya. And strictly translated, brahmacharya means walking the way of God or walking with God. And a lot of people uh, uh, interpret this to mean celibacy. And that is one way it can be interpreted. Really, it's about moderating your energy. Now, those people that are the, um, called the renunciators, they're the people that, that renounce the world and go live in uh, uh, you know, communities um, and, and live in communities where they are uh, you know, monks or you know, some similar kind of uh, uh, you know, spiritual person you know, living outside of society. Now, in that person's case, brahmacharya could very well include celibacy. But really, what it's about is moderating your energy, not scattering your energy. If you're not able to focus your energy on what is in front of you, it is, it's wasted. You know, if you're you know, using your energy over here to you know, tell a story and you're over here you know, you know, having you know, rampant sex and you're over here doing this and you're over here watching a violent movie and over here listening to you know, loud, horrible music. And you know, all of these things scatter your energy. Brahmacharya calls us to consider how we spend that energy. If you got a $100 bill, you don't want to go out and spend it right away. You want to be a good manager of that money. Well, the same thing holds true for our energy. If we can be good managers of our energy, then we can be walking in the way of God. Whatever you call God, it doesn't really matter. In this case, it's Brahma. But Brahmacharya calls us to moderate and manage our energy. Robin, did you have anything to? Um, no, that was you covered that pretty well. I mean, I think that some of what of the brahmacharya also goes to pratyahara um, because it's how do you moderate your ener- your energies and what kinds of things do you allow in? You know, it's that food that pratyahara talks about. The, like you were talking about the the scary movies or the or the the you know violent movies, how does that affect our you know physical body and our mental state when you uh, overindulge in that sort of stuff overindulge in indulgence in the senses but we'll talk more about that I guess as we get down the list here to Pratyahara. well absolutely, and that will be you know some weeks down the line because uh, we're not going to yep. go through all of these we're going to have other topics intermingled um over yeah. the next few weeks, so we're not gonna we're not gonna run the whole eight limbs, uh, you know, in in you know four weeks or something. They'll be they'll be scattered about. So you know, just stay tuned to the announcements to know when we're going to be covering the next one. Um, yep. In our the next time we do talk about this, we will be talking about asana or the poses and the postures and. Brahmacharya has some real implications there, some real-life applications. Um, Think about it this way. If you're in a pose and you're pushing so hard that it drains your energy, then you're not doing it right. You're not supposed to be uncomfortable or pushing to a point where you hurt yourself. Brahmacharya calls, calls you to moderate yourself, pull back from the you know, wasting energy, harming yourself, mm-hmm. and calls you to moderate. See, again, that word moderate, right. the middle path, everything in moderation. That's what brahmacharya is all about, managing your energy. 
know, letting go of tension and just relax into the moment. Right. Uh, and then the last of the yamas, and I want to get this covered, and then we'll take a short break. Um, okay. And we are running a little past the half hour, so um, everybody stick with me for just a couple of more minutes. But um, a paragraha is non-grasping or non-hoarding is probably a more appropriate uh, interpretation or, or um, translation. Basically, it's about not being greedy, accumulating stuff simply for the sake of accumulating stuff. You know the old saying, "Who he who dies with the most toys wins." Mm-hmm. That that violates that concept, uh, that thought process violates um, a paragraha. It's about being a good steward of the material world. So, if we're going to bring something into our house, do we need it? Does it place? Does it have a real role? You know, is it going to um, enlighten me? Is it going to be useful to me, or is it something that I'm getting so that I can stick it on a shelf and say I have that? Yeah, this ah. this one. <laughs> I think this one is very difficult for uh, our culture because just as you said, I mean, for for many years it was sort of a, you know, he who wins with the most toys, he who dies with the most toys wins sort of attitude here. And now we're going to really need to, um, you know, with this great uh, pause, you know, that we're all experiencing with COVID, um, we really have to maybe take stock and evaluate in our lives what is it that we really need to live happily. Um, you know, a lot of people have been financially uh, impacted by this and maybe are not able to go out and buy new clothes every couple of weeks and, and you know, or buy whatever it is that they want to buy. They've had to budget. Um, and, you know, it's funny that when you do this, you suddenly realize how much less you can live with. And you really don't need all this stuff that we're like this consumer um you know, mindset that we get into, got to go buy, got to go buy, got to go buy. And this one really uh, can make that difficult. You know, it's about, it's also about not being possessive about other people and being able to be, to let them lead their lives. I mean, like, and sometimes in relationships, people get possessive of other people um, and insecure. Mm-hmm. And, and this is all tied up into, into this, this concept. Non-attachment. Right, and we sometimes struggle to let our children grow up. This is true, too. Yeah. You know, all of that goes into uh, this, Mm -hmm. this, like Robin, example of, um, I, some years ago, I was in a home, and I had, a home and an outbuilding for crafts and I had a barn and it had all kinds of ritual gear and I had a tractor and all of these tools. And I went from that to putting stuff in a, in a storage unit and living in a a buddy's spare bedroom. And then I met Robin and then I started coming over here and then I uh, ultimately moved over here still had all that stuff in storage. We recently went and got all that stuff. Here's the interesting part, and I have to, mea culpa, I will say right now, there's still boxes of stuff in the basement that I have not gone through. That was stuff I really probably don't need. There's a few things down there I still want, but the bulk of it's going to ultimately go into a a, um, dumpster. Because I had all that stuff, but I didn't really need all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're looking around our very cluttered house. And, mm-hmm. you know, five years later, here I am, we're cluttered again. You know, I have accumulated stuff over five years um, to replace some of the stuff that's in the basement now that was in storage. <laughs> and some of it 
is some of it is is stuff that we just accumulated. You know, we'll be on vacation, and that's a really cool bric-a-brac thing. Well, we mm-hmm. don't have room for all this bric-a-brac. Now we need to buy another mm-hmm. piece of furniture to store all the bric-a-brac that does nothing but sit there and have to be dusted. Sit there. Yeah. Um, I was actually giving this some thought recently, and I really think that, you know, Native Americans do this thing where when they have a celebration, they have a giveaway. And I really think that we should have a giveaway. <laughs> I think we should invite everybody up to the house, put everything out on hey, the table. Hey, that's an say, idea. Something. <laughs> well, that's yeah. like a Hobbit birthday party. Exactly. Yeah, you know, the Hobbits, get, you know, according to uh, the stories, um, you know, the Tolkien stories, the Hobbits would have a birthday party and they would give gifts to all the guests. So there mm-hmm. we go. Let's let's do that. That's an idea. Mm-hmm. So anyway. I think we've made our point about um, a paragraha, non-hoarding. You know, non-possessiveness, you know, jealousy uh, falls into that as well. But if stuff is distracting you, if, if you've got so much stuff that you don't have a clean surface to look at to meditate, you probably need to think your life about, you know, think about your life. You need to think about non-hoarding. And that's one of the things that we're going to be working on in the next uh, few months here. We were just talking about that um, in the last few weeks. So uh, with that said, I think it's time to take a break. We're running a little long on this first segment, and I thank everybody for sticking with us. And we'll be right back after this. Thank you for listening to Ujvala Radio on the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. And now, back to the show.
And welcome back, everybody. This is Reverend Terry Power coming to you live on Ujvala Radio on the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Uh, joined again, as always, or as most nights, by my beautiful wife, Robin. How you doing over there? Hi, honey. All right. I want to remind everybody that we are taking calls tonight at 646-564-9714. And we're also taking questions in the chat room. Um, And uh, during the break, there was actually an interesting question came in about um, a, a, a piragraha. And it was about forgiveness. And, uh, and Robin was making an interesting point during the break about uh, hanging on to forgiveness is actually kind of hoarding that bad feeling. Uh, uh-huh. Did you have anything more you wanted to say about that? Well, yeah. You know, I did the whole um, years ago, did a, used to teach uh, an I forgive uh, workshop. And basically it's when you forgive other people, you don't do it for them. You do it for yourself because once you've forgiven them, then you can heal the hurt. It doesn't happen immediately, but you can then allow yourself to sort of get rid of it. And it doesn't mean you necessarily have to forget what happened, but you can you can release a lot of the emotions that surround that hurtful event if you can forgive the other person. We just yeah. saw a thing on we just saw a thing on TV, which was pretty profound. Um, uh, we've talked about this show before in search of God with, uh, um, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Uh, yeah. And he interviewed this gentleman, um, who actually went to court and forgave, uh, the, this young man who had murdered his son, um, just stole his money. He was a pizza delivery man and they called for a pizza, ambushed the kid before he delivered the pizza, stole his money and stabbed him and he died. And the man was actually the father of this child who had been who had been murdered, was actually able to forgive the young man who murdered his son, and he did it in open court. And it ha- they showed the video of it happening, and it was pretty profound. Um, and they sh- actually showed the judge in the back, and she got all teary eyed and had to take a, you know, take a break. We call it recess. Um, yeah. It was, yeah, recess. Yeah, it was. It was very moving. And so through forgiveness is our stepping stone to healing. And um, when we don't forgive people and we hold on to it, those bad feelings can actually cause physical illness. It can cause mental disruption, um, depression, anger issues. Um, So be sure that when you're, you know, dealing with people that you know that when you forgive, it's, it's, you're forgiving them to make yourself better. And don't hold grudges because grudges will kill you. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and, and make the announcement that we are 10 minutes away from the top of the hour. And we are not going to possibly finish the Niyamas in that time period. So yeah. I think what we're going to do is uh, we're going to continue the conversations about the Yamas. And then we're going to okay. wrap up with some um, some of the upcoming uh, uh, stuff that's going on with the website and with the with the business, and you know with the center. So, uh, getting back on what you were saying, uh, you know about forgiveness. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's interesting the uh, the program that you know we are putting together for the Pathmaker program, which will be launched here in the next uh, few weeks actually has a whole month spent on meditating on forgiveness. Yeah. And uh, I remember when I was uh, beginning my, my journey of recovery, I was taught in the rooms that uh, resentment, which resentment, of course, grows out of not forgiving. That resentment is holding a resentment is like drinking rat poison and expecting the other person to die. <laughs> yeah, if, that's so true. If if we're hanging on to that stuff so hard, it's poisoning us, poisoning our soul, 
And if you believe in the Eastern concepts of karma, um, karma is everything that we do harmful to others, harmful to ourselves, anything harmful. Mm-hmm. And that piles up and causes us to have to be reincarnated. And the idea right. is to seek that level of um, enlightenment because nobody achieves perfection, but achieve enlightenment. Following these eight limbs will ultimately lead toward that level of enlightenment that will break the cycle of reincarnation and you will be able to um, move into a oneness with the universe and not have to come back and do it again. So, So if we are poisoning our souls with resentment and un an unforgiven um, you know unforgiveness if we're hanging on to that is that a word that, unforgiveness i'm sorry i don't know i don't know if there is or not i didn't there I, is I, now i know what you're there saying is yeah, now. Saying. there is, is now unforgiveness yes. there is now okay <laughs> there's a state of unforgiveness that's right you know Put it, you know, call call Webster. We're 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 gonna put it in. <laughs> hey, you know, Shakespeare coined a bunch of words. I will start now. Uh, oh no! <laughs> you didn't just compare yourself to Shakespeare, did you? <laughs> I'm a wordsmith, also. I'm maybe not as good, but I can coin one or two words as opposed to dozens. Um, okay. So unforgiving. I love you. There you go. <laughs> so. You know, if we um, see people, this show does go off 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 kilter sometimes. Um, <laughs> just hanging out with us, here we are. Um, so, you know, if we're hanging on to stuff, it's going to keep us in that cycle where we have to yeah. keep coming back. Um, yeah. Not as punishment, but just to get rid of it. Cause, to learn the lesson. You know, to learn the lesson. Karma is about... Um, ultimately letting stuff go everything that we're attached to and here's the funny thing if we're hanging on to that anger towards someone that's going to bring us back into another incarnation to continue that anger yeah that's how karma works yeah and and it's the same thing if you're attached to if you're attached to someone you love to the point where you can't let it go that's that's hoarding too Everything yeah. in this uh, aparagraha is about attachments that have to be let go so that we can move on. Yeah. Yeah, there's, because, there's you know, another. We keep getting pulled back by our attachments. Go ahead. Yep. There's another way to think of the attachment. You know, if, we go, if you go for a walk in the woods and you're admiring the flowers in the summer, or you go for a walk in the woods in the fall and you're looking at the, the change of the colors in the trees, you know. Those things are beautiful and to be appreciated in that moment, but to become attached to them would be ridiculous because they won't be the same next week. Those flowers will have their life and they will, you know, wilt and a new flower will pop up behind it. And those, those leaves that are as beautiful as they are are going to fall off the tree and they'll be over in, in a few weeks. So you can't will go to become fruit. attached. Right. You cannot become attached to those things. And life is the same way. If you observe those things in nature, you know, the seasons change and shift. So you cannot be attached to summer in the winter and, and be, you know, and resentful of the winter and, and be longing for the summer. You need to appreciate where you are and appreciate the winter. I mean, I know it's cold and can be annoying, yeah. but, um, but appreciate the winter for its beauty. Appreciate the winter for what it does. It you know cleans the, uh, the the atmosphere, the snow coming down. It, it just it looks beautiful. Um, it, it is that whole rebirth cycle. It, it allows us to have time to look within. It, it has a purpose. So all these things have a purpose. Appreciate them and their beauty in the moment, but don't just you know. Want, I mean, how are you gonna how are you gonna preserve that flower? How are you gonna preserve that moment? of that beautiful, you know, turning of the leaves. I mean, other than maybe taking a picture, but still how many pictures can you take and hang on to? 
you know, you're going to fill a room full of pictures of, of moments in your life that were beautiful. Sometimes it's really important to just appreciate something in the moment and, and keep that memory and not but, have but an attachment to it. Yeah, and sometimes you have to let stuff go. The, the beauty of a mm-hmm. cherry blossom is, is mm-hmm. stunning and wonderful, but if you hang on to that, you never get the cherry. Um, I'm reminded mm-hmm. our garden, we have these huge, beautiful leaves and these gorgeous yellow flowers. And if we, and if we hung on to those yellow flowers, the, the pumpkins and the squash mm-hmm. wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Now we've appreciated those beautiful yellow flowers and now we're starting to get pumpkins and we're starting mm-hmm. to get uh, squash. Yep. So everything has to move through its time. Um, if you're in a job that no longer feeds your soul, maybe it's time to let go of that too. Yeah. Everything that we're hanging on to that's attachments, that's keeping us from moving forward in our lives, keeping us from moving forward into um, breaking the cycle of reincarnation, all of this, all of these attachments are all about what a paragraha is. Right. You can, you can also think of this, yep, you can also think about this as, um, you know, if you're, doing, if you're doing anything, you're doing yoga or you have a, a moment, you know, we all have a tendency when we're challenged emotionally or physically to hold our breath, right? And if mm-hmm. we hold our breath too long, that breath almost becomes toxic inside your body. You're forced to let it go. Um, but if you just trust that everything is going to be okay and you, and you let yourself breathe and, you know, you can actually feel, you know, when you finally let that, 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 that old breath out and take in a new breath, you can actually feel the, you know, the reward of that, that new breath is, oh, it, it releases stress. It fills your lungs with fresh air. You feel better. It is actually going to relax you and that's exactly how the you know forgiveness kind of works you you let go you know you let go that toxic breath if you will and you breathe in a new fresh air and everything is like that in life yeah everything is like that with it with this you have to let go right we've got two minutes left and i'm going to say that next week we will pick up with the niyamas the week after that, yep, we'll have, I think, a rebroadcast. And then mm-hmm. the next week after that, we'll have a new, the asana and pranayama and all of the rest of them in, in, uh, on into uh, September and October. So mm-hmm. I think that's a great idea. Uh, so next week, we will cover the niyamas. In the meantime, um, remember that a, a, a paragraha is also about... Um, gratitude, being thankful mm-hmm. for the things you have. So here's your assignment for next week. If you're listening to this show live or if you're listening to it on, um, on demand, uh, go back and find it in the archives. Take some time this week and write down the top 10 or the top five things you need to forgive and write down something every day that you are grateful for and not just I'm grateful for a new day or I'm grateful for my children, but really be specific. I'm grateful for the taste of my toothpaste. Be specific. <laughs> I'm grateful for flour outside my window specifically find things to be grateful for and uh, put them in the chat room next week or call in and talk about it. So that's your homework for the next week. Um, Write down some things that need to be forgiven in your world and some things that you are grateful for. Uh, Right now, I can specifically say that I'm grateful for all of our listeners. Uh, Thank you for being with us. Thank you for uh, taking time out of your lives to share it with us. Uh, Of course, always, I'm grateful for my wife. Thank you for being here on the show with me and um, uh, keeping me on task and out of trouble, mostly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Mostly. Mostly. Um, 
I'm especially thankful to all of our East Coast listeners who are now um, up past their uh, supposed to be asleep. According to Ayurveda, we're supposed to be in bed by 9 and asleep by 10. And uh, that's except for Tuesday nights when you stay up late and listen to us. So uh, thanks to all of our East Coast listeners. Thanks to everyone uh, within the sound of my voice. Uh, This is great fun, and I'm glad that you guys share it with us. Uh, Remember to... Uh, find us on Facebook, Ujvala Ayurveda and Yoga Center. Uh, find the page, like the page. Uh, find us on the internet, UjvalaAYC.com. Make sure you sign up for the uh, newsletter and follow us on Twitter at Ujvala C. Uh, thanks a lot. We'll see you next week when we talk about Niyamas and have a please have a week filled with love and with wonder. Good night, everyone. Namaste and blessed be. Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember, all manifestations of the divine are equally valid.